Hello and welcome back to Crisis Management, our regular podcast series where we talk with Central Ohio business owners about how they're dealing with the disruptions caused by the coronavirus pandemic. I'm Business First Editor Doug Buchanan and today we've got Linda Cass, owner of Gramercy Books in in Bexley. As an independent bookseller, Cass has been competing with Amazon ever since she launched her store nearly four years ago. But she says the shutdown has led to changes both in her own operations and in her customers' shopping habits that have put Gramercy in a better position to compete with the online giant. We also talk about the changes she's had to make as Ohio reopens and how she's retooling her events business and more. I hope you enjoy the discussion and be sure to check back for more talks with other local business leaders. So I'm here with Linda Cass, uh, owner of Gramercy Books in uh, in Bexley, uh, right there on Main Street, uh, and also it's uh, Kitty's Coffee Shop. Yes, they are our subtenant. Mm-hmm. Subtenant of yours. Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. Linda, you want to uh, just kind of walk us through a little bit how is uh, how has your business uh, been doing during the shutdown, just on a very general level? Being a small, single, independent bookstore, um, we've been able to be nimble. We quickly readjusted uh, in reinventing our business into a phone and online transactional business rather than a in-store customer face-to-face business. But we found alternative ways to connect with our customers um, in a way, in almost a deeper way. You know, as I mentioned, the phone calling, those are sometimes long phone calls and we're making a lot of recommendations uh, to people. And we've offered um, free shipping uh, for book orders over $25. We've offered curbside pickup and um, that really has become two thirds of the uh, transactions, one third being shipping and two thirds being curbside pickup, people driving from all over to come and pick up their merchandise. Sure. So uh, it's it's been it's been very interesting. Our e-commerce, which was very very little a portion of our revenue for the three and almost three and a half years we've been in operation, now is an enormous part of our revenue. Uh, do you expect that to continue on even when you reopen? I feel like it will be a stronger portion of our revenue. I think we've learned that's kind of our silver lining of, of this whole situation where we've really learned uh, certain practices. Uh, we've learned how to um, streamline and make more efficient the e-commerce aspect of our business. Okay. And um, I think customers perhaps are more comfortable with it. We have become an alternative to Amazon. You know, I think that that some of these things are almost habitual. And, you know, as people are coming to us in that way, instead of just going on to Amazon, you know, I think that has been a real positive for all booksellers across the country. Yeah. Um, Amazon had deprioritized books and, you know, in the midst of all this, and it gave really um, booksellers across the country the opportunity to come into this space. What was the, uh, what is your revenue now compared with pre-shutdown? Are you? Yeah, well, in terms of same time last year, Mm -hmm. just when you're talking about the the in-store product, you Mm -hmm. know, books and and what we call sidelines, which are non-book products, in some cases, we've been 20% ahead of last year, but understand that's not our, all of our revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have been able to you know, hang in there. We've been able to keep our staff uh, employed. You know, we, we, um, we have two staff rotating through the store as we've been closed to handle the uh, phone and online transactions. We have had shortened hours 
Okay. So instead of our nine to nine kind of every day of the week, I think Sunday's the only day that we've been, we, we used to be open nine to five, but we're 10 to five, seven days a week. That's how we've been uh, available for phone and um, online transactions and where we've rotated our staff to be able to get those products out on the curb um, on our little table outside our door really yeah. Yeah, I've done um, for people to pick up. Uh, how many how many employees do you have? We have five full-time, we have a bookkeeper and five full-time employees. Right okay now. and so you haven't had any layoffs or furloughs? We just had to lay off three part-time people but they were in good shape. Two were students and living at home and you know so we we, we mm -hmm. were okay with that we did not you know uh, feel very good about that at all but everything given right. given the circumstances um everyone seems to seems to have landed on their feet and then so for again for the for the full-timers uh, you were able to keep them on some of them may have gotten reduced hours but uh you have you have not had to do layoffs or furloughs to, to, yeah to, to, yeah to we've we've out. really um we've really kept them pretty busy uh, i have to tell you that what we're doing is extremely time consuming aired to you know the work that we do when when we're when customers come into the store and make a transaction it's it's right. a more involved process so yeah yeah, and you never you never closed at all. Like uh, from March, whatever March fifteenth or sixteenth it was, you just said, "Okay, we're going to not allow well, customers to." Yeah, yeah, we've closed to customers. We closed to customers right when the governor right. had that order. Um, we, you know, we we basically had one individual in the store to deal with just shipping and receiving, and then we moved to two people in the store because we could keep them socially distant. We're 2,500 square feet, so yeah. there's quite a lot of space in there. And our understanding uh, in rereading the, or the state order a number of times, as long as we kept our transactions online mm -hmm. and we had no interaction with customers whatsoever, um, we could have a extremely limited staff inside the store on a rotational basis in right. order to conduct this kind of online business. As we did, actually, I had protocols for when there was just two staff members in the store. I had very detailed written protocols of how they were to conduct, where they were to be in their spaces, oh, okay. how things would be sanitized. And we're extending that Pro, those protocols for reopening. Our first, you know, we're clearly most interested in the safety uh, and health of our staff and customers, yeah. and certainly, you know, then of the health of our business. So keeping all of that in mind, um, we're planning toward perhaps um, an opening next Monday. We'll probably close the store completely the day before so that we can really um, do everything we need to do rather than conducting this online business. Um, so we're looking at that right now as a strong possibility. You know, we have uh, we're going to require masks and we're going to have those disposable masks available for people who might come in and, you know, have forgotten their mask. We want to make it really easy for them. But we, you know, we're uh, doing a lot of things that will make people feel as safe as possible. Bookstores are kind of interesting because there's almost, there's a natural barrier in the bookshelves. Sure. So we can actually, you know, require people to just have one person per aisle. Okay. You know, and we'll limit how many people come into the store. And so I do not see us being congested. And we're, we're also erecting a temporary 
um, sort of barrier at the customer service. So that one space that maybe can't be six feet will have a plexiglass okay. barrier there and that's being installed this week. So, you know, we're, we're taking these measures to ensure that staff and customers are absolutely uh, safe and uh, in, in, in doing this. But you, but you don't feel you're not going to like change the layout of the store or anything else. I mean, it's, I know you said you had 2,500 square feet, but I mean, it's pretty cramped in there. Uh, you've got a lot, a lot in there. Yeah, it's cramped, but it's blocked by all these bookshelves. So um, if we only allow one person per aisle, right? Okay. Uh, and you know, we never, you know, we're not uh, heavily trafficked at one time, and we will control uh, how many people come into the store. Or we're yeah. only going to allow ten people in the store at a time at the most. Okay. So and you said you, that, you are going to require masks, and okay. we will all uh, the the staff will all be wearing masks. Okay, um, but we will require our customers to also come in um, with masks, and um, we'll have, as I said, we'll have disposables available for them if they forget theirs. Sure, sure. Uh, have you have you thought about what if somebody doesn't uh, or refuses or uh, won't? wear a mask? I'm hoping that for the good of the community, mm-hmm. and really, that's really what wearing masks is all about, is just to keep everyone safe. It's yeah. not really about the individual, it's about spreading it in the community. So I, I feel like our customers are going to be, you know, responsive. I think that we've seen them as they pick up their merchandise uh, on the curb and mm-hmm. a lot of them come in with masks, come to the curb. Oh, with yeah, masks yeah, yeah. Whatnot. So I, I don't envision that being a problem. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm 100% with you that that it's it's not it's not all about the individual. You know, it, it is about the community. But I've just been seeing scenes from uh, from around the country, and it just makes me wonder if if there are going to be people who, you know, are not following those rules. That's why uh, you know that's why I was wondering. But you know, perhaps uh, the the bookstore crowd is uh, is a little bit more uh, responsible and and thoughtful about these things. Well, and I think we'll have the disposables there and mm-hmm. hopefully they'll, you know, I think when they go into a bookstore, they'll, it, it is a smaller space, although we will not have that many people in. People want to want to be safe, I think. Are, are you expecting that, that your foot traffic through the store will rebound to what it was before? Or do you think that, you know, again, people, there, there are going to be a significant percentage of people who, who just will not want to do that physical shopping again for a mm-hmm. while. Well, I, I mean, I think that that there's going to be a pent-up energy to be out. Sure. On the other hand, I think there will be lingering fear. Yeah. And that's why I think that the way we want to continue in the coming months here, as we're not over this, is that we want to offer some sort of hybrid of of these things. So we're off, we will open the door under safety protocol to customers. And at the same time, I'm certain there will be customers who will want to continue with the, the uh, having their merchandise either shipped or um, curbside pickup. And we will continue to have curbside pickup available for anyone who is uh, worried about coming in. Yeah, I mean, I did it over the weekend. It was pretty slick. I mean, and and uh, and I certainly felt a lot more comfortable. Just you know, I, I watched the person come out, put it on the table, got out of my car, picked it up, right. and you right. know, and we went. Um, okay, so the physical, the social distancing. Um, uh, I saw in an article that you wrote uh, where 
you had a good quote about, uh, again, we're going to just pivot to your events business, where uh, you, you mentioned somebody said, it's not your decision anymore, really, about how many people are going to congregate. Like, you have to, you have to make people feel safe. Uh, and so full disclosure, uh, I've, I've uh, helped you with a couple of your events uh, uh, through the years and have, have done the questioning. And I mean, people were packed in there. So how are you going to ever do these author events uh, again? Because that seemed like it was a big part of your business. Am I, am I wrong on that? Right. Well, you know, we had as many in-store events as we could. And yeah, they, they mm. could get pretty packed. So we will not be doing those. Mm. Um, we've been doing virtual events via live streamed events via Zoom. And they've been very popular. Um, okay. and, and in a way, they're not alternatives to face-to-face -face connecting about books and authors. On the other hand, what we found is that we have been able to to bring in some people who we wouldn't even have expected to do. Oh, okay. So for example, we had a book club. Our book clubs in the store usually average around 25 people. We get them in a whole big circle and we have a facilitator. So we had planned a live event for our April book club that we converted into a Zoom event. We had a political science professor from Capital University as our facilitator of a discussion of the book, The Education of an Idealist by former UN Ambassador Samantha Power. Okay. So, you know, under a normal circumstance, we would have had the professor and the 25 individuals in the bookstore. Uh, we couldn't do that. So about 60 people registered for this on Eventbrite with us. Yeah. And, and then we surprised them the day they got their message about, you know, their Zoom instructions and whatnot. And we asked them to submit questions because Samantha Power agreed to join the book club. Oh, wow, nice. Okay. And so the second half of the book club, we had Samantha Power on there and it was incredible. And so I'm now in the foreseeable future developing our book club discussions with the author oh, as part right. of that along with a facilitator right. and um, it's a it's a really it's a great alternative and then the other the other option certainly would be to we're not going to have an event in our bookstore in the foreseeable future yeah. that is for anything more than 20 to 25 we can you know we move our bookshelves out for these events yep. so if we move them out maximum and set out 20 to 20 25 chairs yeah. we can space them out pretty well in that okay. kind of very open uh, way. I, I'm, I'm reluctant to try that immediately. And I'm looking also for alternative space that is larger, where we can have a larger space, but yet then have, let's say, 50 people together in a space for 150. That's something we're exploring. But in the, you know, for the immediate future, we're really looking at doing some of these live streamed uh, events for, you know and, and then in the fall you know we're just going to see how things go i have i have things on the docket for late july forward and i'm prepared to turn any one of them into a virtual event if i have to yeah it just seems like i mean you mentioned amazon earlier that this might be you know a, a, a immediately painful for for booksellers but you might end up coming out of this somewhat ahead if you can manage the the virtual aspects of it. We have found and you know, community embracing uh, us. And I, I'd say us as Gramercy Books, but also my colleagues around the country. 
I, I've seen those who are have taken this uh, challenge and mm -hmm. reinvented their business quickly, going online, offering these kinds of things like virtual events or you know, and curbside pickups. Some of them have been doing deliveries. You know, when you when you're starting to and, and connecting with the customers, and we've done that a lot more. You know, we've always been very connected with the customers through our e-newsletter, yep. through our social media and whatnot. But we have intensified uh, that kind of effort, and I think that the the community, the customers have responded. Um, in our case, and in the case of some of our colleagues, not all of them, because they, they, these, you know, I think booksellers around the country, not all of them have adjusted, you know, as easily for various reasons. So, yeah. um, you know, we've just been able to be pretty nimble about what we're doing. I did want to, I, I missed a question earlier. Did you uh, apply for PPP or any of the... Yes. Yes, we did. We applied immediately. Okay. <laughs> we were lucky enough through our uh, banker to, to uh, we, we've, we've been accepted for that. It was that round one or round two? Round one. Round one. Okay. Who was your bank? West Banco. West Banco. Okay. And did you have any issues at all? We applied. It was, we, 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 we found it fairly straightforward. Um, okay. We applied quickly. We found West Banco to be very responsive. Okay. Can you say how much you had, you got? I'd rather not. <laughs> it's not a whole lot. <laughs> it's not a lot. We're a small business. And uh, have, you, have you had any concerns about actually spending the money? Because we're hearing from a lot of small businesses that the rules on forgiveness aren't exactly I know. Uh, clear. It's challenging. It's challenging. I think the, you know, the impetus was to get the loans out there as quickly as possible. And yep. somehow the unintended consequences weren't quite thought through right. um, certain businesses like restaurants, for example, were in, I think a more challenging uh, situation in regard to this than, than we were, but you know, you, you know, you need to be open and employing people. Um, so until they could be open and yet if they got a loan, mm. forgiveness is from the moment you get the loan, you know? So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but we, we're, we have, we, we've done everything we can to, you know, we're, we're I mean, we're, we're employing, fully employing our staff and yeah. getting back to the kind of hours, uh, their hours of work um, with the five that we hope will we'll be forgiven for at least a majority of, of um, you know, of that loan. Right. Uh, I have to say also, you know, we have a great staff. I mean, you know, from, from our, our store manager to our, our full-time staff, it's been, been remarkable. You know, everyone's kind of come together and I think that's a, a huge part of our success as well. So I, I guess if you were one of the first recipients then your eight weeks is, is coming up, I, I guess you're hoping now that the, that the economy is opening up again, you'll, you're, you're, the, you know, you're, you're in good enough shape uh, with, with your business that, that you can continue to have your full-time staff and, and, and oh, yeah. Yeah. do the recovery. Yeah. I feel confident that we're going to, you know, we're going to adjust. We've been adjusting. I think the whole industry has been one that's, its whole history has been one of adjustment. You know, if you go all yeah. the way back to some sure. of the influences to independent booksellers. So um, I just have, you know, we're working hard and um, we will continue to be nimble and we will look for whatever we can do to continue to build our, our revenue so that yeah. we can 
continue to be strong. Well, I guess on that, that, that line, then uh, last question would be, you, you obviously are a bookstore, but you sell a, a lot of puzzles and other <laughs> time diversion uh, uh, things. That, so did that share of business oh, yeah. change in yeah. the shutdown? Yeah, I mean, you know, we have so many, Doug, we have so many educational materials and oh, true. Yeah, activities okay. uh, besides puzzles. I mean, we have science kits and people were calling us all the time about educational materials and and we would sometimes with a phone walk them through the store, take a photograph and send oh, them yeah. to make sure that they were getting what they wanted and family activities, card games and other kinds of games and right. educational games. And um, so, yeah, we, we stock a lot of different things in, 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 uh, and we are selling those as well and always have sold those as well. I mean, that's probably been, you know, 15 percent or higher of our of our business yeah i i i think that is the again it's one of the unintended side effects of this is this shutdown is more family time because uh, um you know people are brought together where you're spending hours at home and and you need these kinds of diversion but i, I and from what you're saying it's the it's the kids as home from school and homeschooling uh, crowd as well exactly and people are reading and people are together and they're looking okay. for activities together. Right. And my buyer, who's our store manager, she wears kind of both hats. Mm. She's been continuing to buy the kinds of things. And as she always had, I mean, we've always been considered a really well curated store, curated in terms of books right. and curated in terms of those kinds of sidelines. We call them sidelines. Okay. Um, yeah. And they're the kinds of things that people love to have and they're related to books and that they're educational. So, um, and, and other things too. We do have t-shirts and night shirts, depending on the season. <laughs> um, we carry, you know, literary socks, which have been very popular. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, we have a number of items that, that people love. So mm -hmm. we're thrilled that they're you know, getting them from us because that helps us a great deal. Good luck to you. And, uh, you know, perhaps we'll check in uh, and after a while and, and see just how, once the economy is fully reopened, how uh, the, your business has been doing and how it's been changing. Uh, okay. Thanks for talking. Today. Good. Thank you, Doug. It's a pleasure. Thank you.